0: Welcome to another J-PEN podcast. My name is Dr. Kelly Tappenden, Editor-in-Chief of J-PEN and the Human Nutrition Endowed Professor at the University of Illinois at Urbana. Today we'll read a paper in the September 2016 issue of J-PEN entitled Comparison Between Handgrip Dynamometry and Manual Muscle Testing, performed by Registered Dietitians in Measuring Muscle Strength and Function of Hospitalized Patients. My guests today are two authors of this paper, Lindsay Dowhan and Dr. Gail Cresci, who are joining us from Cleveland Clinic. Welcome to you both.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: And congratulations on your new paper. I thought this would be an excellent one for us to discuss this month given the A&D-ASPEN consensus statement regarding the diagnostic criteria to identify adult malnutrition. We all know those six criteria that have been proposed, but one that's been of uh, a little bit of debate, not, not due to its relevance, but how to assess it is the functional status. So in the paper, many, of uh, the authors refer to methods such as hand-dip dynamometry as well as others But many clinicians have sort of distilled that down to hand grip strength. You guys have gone and shown that there's other ways to do it and in fact validated it. So I think that it's really important for us to discuss this. Was that the rationale for why you performed this work? Tell us what made you start this study.
1: Well, thank you, Kelly. I think it's really interesting, I agree with you. It's so important to now have clinicians have a good tool to recognize malnutrition and to measure functional status as a component of that, of the Aspen guidelines and Academy guidelines. And so we were looking at that and we've um, fully trained our entire um, clinical dietitian staff with utilization of the Academy and Aspen characteristics for malnutrition diagnoses. So our staff was all trained, but we struggled with the functional part um, of using hand grip strength as a component of that, and I think most dietitians struggle with that because it can be cumbersome, and many of the hospitalized patients are unable to participate in that component um, due to the nature of their their injury or their you know why they're in the hospital. So, in conversations amongst our team and working with uh, closely with our physical therapists and occupational therapists we were like, well, why can't um, we evaluate manual muscle testing and see if that may be a surrogate marker to hand grip strength for functional assessment of our patients? And so that um, led to the whole thought process and um, the initial uh, study design, that we wanted to see if dietitians could be trained to complete a manual muscle testing, uh, performance and be evaluated and um, criteria against a physical therapist, and then we wanted to take that into our patient population and see if it does correlate with hand grip strength.
0: Very good. So this training that was done by the physical therapists on staff, it, it had a didactic education as well as demonstrations. What, what was the didactic education? Is it available for other RDs? Uh, across the country to, to access?
2: It is. We spoke with the physical therapist that we worked with, and they have um, material on the manual muscle testing that they used, and so they provided that to our group. So we were able to review that along with a video that they had as well. And after reviewing that, we met with them, and they showed us how to do some of the manual muscle testing. We chose five large muscle groups, three from the upper body and two from the lower body. And um, they worked with us to show us how to perform the manual muscle testing. And then we, in turn, practiced on them. And after a certain amount of practice sessions, we went to the hospital and they supervised us doing this on a number of patients until they felt that our training was adequate, and we were coming up with the same results as they were in these patients.
1: Okay. So
0: just because um, this is something that's going to be new to many of our our JPen listeners, you tested these various muscle groups. And, you know, this is things like extending your foot and um, asking the patient to hold it up, don't let, don't let me push it down sort of thing. But then it's scaled on a, a scaling system or a scoring system, right? And, and how subjective is that scoring system? Correct.
2: We used the scoring system, I believe it was the Lovett scale that the physical therapists here use. And um, it is pretty subjective. In fact, there are many other components to the scale, but we pared it down to using just the five components from the score of zero to five. So that way, it's not as descriptive as the physical therapist would use, but it was something that we could utilize in our study to either say, yes, they have a functional impairment, or no, they do not.
0: Okay, so you used this manual muscle testing and compared it to hand dip denominometry. Tell us about your study design then. This was a prospective trial once these dietitians had been trained, right?
1: Yeah, it was a um, prospective inclusion trial and so we decided to use our cardiac step-down patients as our patient population. We tried to keep it as homogeneous as possible So these are patients that had heart failure, but they were out of the ICU and on a step-down unit. So they were eligible for the study, and so what we did is uh, patients who met the inclusion criteria and, of course, agreed to participate in the study, they underwent the hand-grip strength testing and the evaluation of their nutritional status using the Aspen Academy guidelines, which is standard of practice here at Cleveland Clinic. And then the dietitian did those evaluations, and that was recorded. And then a second investigator blinded to that information came within 24 hours of that assessment, and they performed the manual muscle testing. And then they reported their score. The scores were graded as either normal or abnormal, and then the malnutrition assessment was scored as either moderate, severe, malnutrition, or normal.
0: Okay, so I just want to clarify. The manual muscle testing was seen if it's compared to the complete assessment of malnutrition or just the hand-grip component?
1: As a secondary analysis, we didn't power our study to do a complete comparison, but we did it as a secondary analysis of the malnutrition criteria against MM, the manual muscle testing and the hand grip.
0: Okay. You know, those are the two that are going to be the same, you know, trying to measure the same functional status. Exactly. Very good. So tell us about your results. What did you find?
1: Well, it was really interesting. I'll just get started. We found that It was easy to train the dietitians in the manual muscle testing, and they felt very comfortable with going to the patient bedside. The patients were not alarmed at all in having a dietitian come and complete this evaluation on them. So, that I know is always a big hurdle with dietitians being concerned with, you know, stepping out of the box and doing something different. So, that went really, really well. So we were really pleased with that and moving from there I know training other dietitians has been easy as well. We also found that the
2: overall manual muscle testing was more sensitive and less specific so we were thinking that the manual muscle testing could be used during a functional assessment and if an abnormal result was found then you could go ahead and use the hand grip dynamometry so you could use a manual muscle testing to rule out an abnormal hand
1: grip strength. Sensitivity to the hand grip strength. Um, Meaning that if um, manual muscle testing was normal, there was um, a 98% chance that the hand grip strength was also going to be normal. However, um, there's only 13% specificity to the hand grip strength. So, therefore, if you have an abnormal manual Muscle testing, the recommendation would be to follow up with uh, hand grip strength to rule out whether there's an alteration in function, muscle function or not.
0: Okay, that's very interesting. Couldn't one make the argument that using hand grip strength or assessing hand grip strength would be quicker, more specific way of assessing this then?
2: It could be, but just in a clinical setting, it's not feasible to do hand grip strength, even when you're assessing multiple patients, and it's not something that's used frequently here at the clinic. So we wanted something that was more quick and easy to use at the bedside when assessing patients.
0: And do you find that manual muscle testing is quicker and easier than hand grip strength?
2: We did find that when you're conducting a nutrition-focused physical exam and gathering information to do your nutrition assessment, you can do the manual muscle testing along with doing this with the patient and um, it flows very easy. And if you're trained and and know the muscle groups that you're going to use, it, it is very easy to do.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that certainly being a real real consistent part with the nutrition focused physical assessment. And I do know that lots of units don't have hand grip dynamometries to be able to, you know, assess hand grip strength uh, quantitatively anyways.
1: They're expensive and so many facilities, if they have one, they have one for the entire hospital that the nutrition staff is trying to to utilize. So I think just for a feasibility aspect, um, the using the manual muscle testing is a quick, quick rule out. Um, and then if you need to do further assessment with the hand grip.
0: Okay, very good. Now how did this then compare to your grading for adult malnutrition, the secondary analysis that you did?
1: So it was interesting that, um, I mean, we're a large tertiary hospital, so and our focus is heart failure patients. So it wasn't surprising that the majority of our patients um, that we studied had moderate to severe malnutrition based on the um, Aspen Academy guidelines. So um, that was a large population, but what we found is that um, interestingly, we. We weren't predicting this, but um, that neither the MMT scores or the hand grip seem to correlate with malnutrition.
0: Hmm, that is very interesting, and and really speaks to the point that we do need validation for those six criteria, right? And and perhaps some weighting um, of which are going to be the most indicative or important for making that diagnosis.
1: Right, I agree. I think, you know, as the criteria for malnutrition criteria were developed, using the hand grip strength was a good starting point. Um, But like you mentioned, um, it needs further validating if that's the best measurement and um, to just make sure that we're using the right, um, right tool.
0: Correct. But if I understand what you were saying, manual muscle testing didn't correlate well either, did it?
1: Right. So um, either one of them, well, so this is preliminary work for us. So um, obviously we kind of have, you know, just kind of initial pilot snapshot of the, even the feasibility of a dietitian being trained to do manual muscle testing and can it be performed in our patients. But we certainly realize there's limitations to work we've done and which brings us to, you know, wanting to do more. And to help answer the questions and try to come up with a good um, clinical indicator in our patients.
0: Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so given these data, what are your recommendations for practicing dietitians around the country who are really trying to do their very best job assessing malnutrition? You know, Cleveland Clinic is leading the way in this regard by using the new Academy Aspen criteria. What advice would you give other institutions around the country?
2: I would say to other dietitians that it's important to work with other healthcare team members, specifically the physical therapists or occupational therapists that are working with them in the hospital, to see if this is something that they can be trained on and perform at their facility, and to see if this is something that they could incorporate into using in the nutrition focused physical exam. Um, I think it does take a lot of training, and um, I think it's important to to work with uh, the physical therapists who who do have more
1: formative training than dietitians
2: do with us.
1: And I would I would echo that and add that you know dietitians to um, encourage them to continue to expand their skills and to add more skill to their toolbox so they can have a more complete assessment of their patients. Typically, we are always concerned with body muscle mass or fat mass, but that doesn't equate into function. And so trying to get the functional part included into their assessment is very, very important because we do know That's one of the problems, the leading problems of patients, if they survive and are discharged from the hospital, their functional status is a big concern. So if we can help identify impairments in that and then tailor our nutrition intervention and then future studies to show do the two correlate, if by improving their nutrition delivery, improving their nutritional status does that equate to improve functional status and overall outcome of the patient?
0: Yeah, very good. You know, I I really appreciate the advice that you just both gave, particularly uh, this concept of interdisciplinarity. Um, You know, our physical and occupational therapists as it relates to functional status But when we look at simple things like food intake in these hospitalized patients we really need to rely and work closely with our nursing colleagues who are there 24 7 seeing what our our patients are actually consuming right Um, and and of course we need to partner with our physician colleagues i I think as dietitians um, we need to really look at how we can best partner with with all of the disciplines that are related to to these various measures that will just help increase the accuracy and impact of what we're doing at such a such a high high level.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: All right. Well thank you very, very much. For our readers, I want to encourage you to go to the September 2016 issue of JPEN and there you will be able to see this important paper uh, that has been published then by our investigators Dalhan and Cresci. Congratulations, and thanks once again for joining me today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.